Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeb Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, October 7th, 2023. And our top story today, investors worry that too strong a U.S. labor market could put more inflationary pressure on the stock market. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jane King is a financial journalist joining us from the NASDAQ. Jane, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Great to be back, Jeffrey. Always a pleasure. Let's let's talk about jobs, jobs report. A lot of concern, consternation. Um, the market's feeling it around this jobs report. Uh, tight jobs report or tight labor market means maybe potentially higher inflation. Yeah, I, and that's certainly how the market's reading it uh, when the jobs report came out. So uh, we added 336,000 jobs in the U.S. last month. We expected 170,000, so much more job growth than what was expected. The unemployment rate did tick up to 3.8%, but um, with the job market so strong, that's inflationary. And uh, we know what the Fed's been trying to do for the past year and a half is get inflation down. So it probably means at least one more interest rate hike this year. So I'm just trying to kind of process it all. So uh, inflationary pressure, we're already feeling it in terms of oil, fuel. Um, but the market, I think, as you said, was predicting or understanding that there would only be 186,000 new jobs. It's close to double, Jane. Um, yeah. Does you get the math wrong? You know, I feel like the past several months, these economists have not gotten this job market number right. I feel like they've been way off. Um, so I don't know what's happening there. Maybe they need some new models or something. Or <laughs> I don't know well, if they're... they're I don't know exactly what they're counting. There was a story about um, just recently about the about people getting ghosted for like like job openings that were listed that weren't really jobs for whatever reason and how it was affecting some of the economic reports. And I don't know what's happening, but it was another big mess by the consensus economists. So let's talk about the this week in markets, because my understanding is the bond market was a bit turbulent. The stock market reacting to that. What's your sense? I mean, you're you're there. You're not at, at the Nasdaq every day. Yeah. What's your sense? Well, think about this. So the bond market lost almost fifty percent of its value over the past year or so. I mean, if the stock market did that. I mean, we'd be at like seventeen thousand or something. You know, right around there, it would be like, you know, disaster. Everybody be talking about it. It would be political commentary. Nobody's really talking about the bond market, but um, we are seeing interest rates back up again now that um, this jobs number has come out. But there was, I felt like this week there started to be a real fear about certainly um, a, a, dra a dramatic slowdown, if not a full-blown recession. We saw oil prices go down on worries about diminished demand for oil, um, the bond market. I mean, the stock market uh, was negative this week. So I feel like there was a lot of talk about the slowdown in the economy, but this jobs number may have changed that, at least for a while. Again, a lot of turmoil in Washington, D.C. We don't like to talk about politics, but there's going to be a new speaker. Does that at all, new speaker, new agenda, potentially, um, does that factor into any of the market calculation calculus? Let me say. Yeah, I don't think it it helps in any way. I'm not sure how much the day that that was announced. We did see a big drop in the market, but there were some other factors involved as well. I would say if they don't have this situation straightened out pretty quickly, new speaker of the house, um, some order 
um, that I think that would start to hurt the market eventually. But, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to kind of talk about the economic implications of that, but just the in general chaos and lack of leadership and <laughs> that will eventually have an impact on the market at some point. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to offend my cats, but it is like hurting cats and 435 members of Congress of the U S house of representatives going all different directions. I, I wouldn't want that job. You know, I would, I like my job. I like your job. I don't, yeah. That doesn't sound very appealing. Maybe for some it is. Jane, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to Thanks. catching up with you again okay. next week. See you next week. Thanks, Jane. Great to see you. Thanks for sharing your perspective. And when we come back, we take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. It was another great week of programs with, of course, great guests. We kicked off the week with a look at healthy habits for aging. Let's take a look. Some people don't necessarily want to live longer, especially with the way of the world sometimes. Um, but it is about quality. We want to feel good for all the time that we have on this earth. So diet has a huge role in playing with quality and anti-inflammatory um, things that are going on in the body, prevention of disease, treatment of disease, how we feel, our energy, our mood, physiological, physical. Um, it plays a role in many different ways that help us feel good have a good quality of life and do extend our life. So when we think about the fundamentals, right, the foundational components of what make up a human body and the nutrients that we need to not only survive, but thrive, you think about all the, the macronutrients, the carbohydrates, the protein and the fat, but then you think about the micronutrients. So all the vitamins and minerals. Um, and so we need a certain amount of each of those. And we're always finding out more about what affects what, but all of those are interrelated in our cells, in our organs, in our brain, our neurotransmitters, 
it affects everything. So from our mood, again, to our physical activity. So if we're not meeting those needs on a fundamental basis, then it's going to, the body is going to start to break down. It's going to start to be deficient in some things, pull other things to make one thing that it needs. And then that's just, um, you know, a cascade from there. It's just a domino effect. So it can be something simple that you think comes with age like arthritis. But again, if you're not meeting your protein needs, if you're not meeting vitamin E, essential fats, um, then possibly that could be attributed to that deficiency. If you have an open mind, an open palate, are willing to try different things, think about things a little bit differently, then absolutely. And, and we are very sensitive to, you know, there is a wide spectrum that especially Americans are on from food insecurity to um, overabundance. Um, and so there's a wide spectrum, but absolutely, we have found ways to get your nutrient needs met in a very inexpensive way. It's just about your willingness, your openness, and your education. Quite honestly, um, you might be ignorant to some facts that um, beans are a penny on the dollar, um, and, and you might not know how to prepare them or cook them. Um, and so it's no fault of your own, but it's just being, again, open-minded about the possibilities of what does actual nutrition mean for me. And we also discussed the increased popularity of cash balance plans. Let's take a look. So uh, a cash balance plan is actually uh, often referred to as a hybrid defined benefit plan. And, and that simply means that it contains some characteristics of traditional defined contribution plans. So think of a 401k plan and traditional defined benefit plans. But the biggest difference um, with a cash balance plan is the fact that the overall value of the account, or excuse me, of the overall value of the benefit is defined as an account rather than defined as an annuity payable at some retirement age, which is typically the way a traditional defined benefit plan um, defines you know, the benefit that somebody receives. So an account for a participant is gonna grow each year through the addition of cash balance credits or contributions and then through interest credits, which is really just a growth in the account due to the passage of time. It, because it's it's delivered as an account, as it's like it's like looking at your bank account, right? And you know how much money you have in there. It what's what's nice about it is it's portable. So you know you can if you leave the company or retire, et cetera, you can just you know what you're getting. You're getting the bank balance. When you have a when you have an annuity, a lot of people don't understand you know, what the value of their annuity is today. They could be 40 years old and they say, oh, I see back you know, when I'm 65, I'm going to get this $340 a month, you know, annuity. What does that mean for me right now? You know, can I cash? What's it worth in cash? Nobody knows, right? So it's just a nice, you know, cash balance plans have a nice way of of, of making it easier to understand what, what your, the value of your benefit is. I would say that we have seen um, a ramp up in interest in these kind of programs, specifically over the last, I don't know, 10 plus years. It, it's, it's really been um, a ramp up in uh, particular industry segments. So uh, primarily what we're, where we've seen it the most is in professional service firms, where firms are setting up these types of plans to use or to provide to their key employees. So the partners at a law firm 
or the physicians in a medical practice group uh, to be able to provide those individuals an opportunity for additional uh, tax deferrals. So these folks, uh, through the construction of the plan, are, are in essence giving up some forms of cash compensation in exchange for receiving a benefit put into this qualified plan. And so um, they are, they're, they're really used as an enhancement vehicle um, for these professional service firms that are trying, oftentimes in medical practice groups, for example, trying to attract and, and retain uh, doctors becomes a really, really important element. So if I can give somebody some more tax advantageous uh, compensation elements as part of their overall package, that becomes a very, very um, attractive feature. And again, as, as Alex explained earlier, the plans are so easy to understand now. Again, I don't have to do these annuity conversions and all the other things that make the value of, uh, of some of these programs so difficult to understand. Everything is, is uh, defined as lump sum or in an account balance basis. So again, very, very easy to understand and, and provide some, some very, very significant uh, tax uh, benefits as well. What's nice about cash balance plans is you can set them up so that the contributions are much more predictable uh, than in a traditional defined benefit plan because you know, you're, you're defining the benefit, as John mentioned, as a contribution credit plus a rate of return uh, that you choose. And so you can budget your contributions based based on how you design the program. In a, in a defined benefit plan, a traditional plan, you know, you're subject to interest rate risk, you know, interest rates go down, now you're not as funded, and now your your budget's thrown off. Um, you know, so it's 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 just a it's a much more budgetable program. It, you know, it is still a defined benefit plan. You still need people like us, you still need actuaries to do them. Uh, so that that is is that those requirements are the same. Uh, it's just that the actual contributions made are going to end up being a lot more predictable uh, in these arrangements. But yeah, all the same requirements are there uh, when it comes to your reporting, actuarial work, et cetera. The easiest way to think of it is again in in these types of cash balance plans, the the account, if you will, is is somewhat immune from changes in the in the uh, interest rate environment. So, again, if you've got hundred dollars in your bank account, and the interest rates all of a sudden overnight changed from four percent to three percent, your hundred dollars is still hundred dollars, right? And and the the same notion uh, exists today for a cash balance plan. So these risk elements that were so typical of traditional defined benefit plans, and Alex was even highlighting them, you know, interest rate volatility, investment volatility, um, you know, uh, early retirement uh, volatility, people are leaving earlier than you had otherwise expected. Those are all things that actuaries had to kind of put into their models to try to figure out how much money to set aside each year for these plans. None of that really exists for these cash balance plans. Again, their accounts, we know exactly what the contribution credits are going to be, right? It's a percentage of pay or a dollar amount or something else that's defined by the plan. And so much of the volatility that exists in traditional defined benefit plans is absolutely eliminated uh, in a, in a uh, uh, cash balance plan structure that's, uh, that's certainly designed properly. So very, very attractive. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. 
Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Well, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? Then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with BRN Sunday. We'll be breaking things down with the legal eagles of Groom Law Group and also Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.